We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Hello, this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And here with me today is uh, Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky. And again, not too picturesque. I'm just sitting in my office. <laughs> you got to get out more, John. <laughs> I really do. I really, especially now that the weather's finally getting nicer, maybe I will get out, take a bike ride, do something like that. Um, uh, but this is wrestling with the basics uh yeah because we don't we want people to know and and by the way have you noticed have you noticed matt that the shows have been just a little bit better uh the last few weeks and months have you have you been listening did you notice that well i I, you know i haven't noticed a a big difference (laughs) well well you you haven't been paying attention they've been the same high quality they always are right (laughs) well they're just a little bit more polished and and what Uh, what do you attribute uh to that john well that's i wanted to say thank you to ian I don't know if people realize this, that this isn't just Matt and John. There's actually a whole host of people that, that lie beyond uh, the program, uh, Wrestling with the Basics. And, and we have our own production engineer uh, by the name of Ian. I actually met Ian a few years ago at the share uh, And by the way, if, if, if people miss the share you can still give to the radio station, okay? You don't just have to give the weekend that they ask for money, but they will take money anytime, <laughs> anywhere, okay? That's right. So if you miss Sherathon, you still have an opportunity to contribute. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, years ago, Ian was just a a, uh, um, a beginner there. I'm, I'm trying to think, Matt, what's the word? An, an intern. intern. Thank you. He was an intern. But now he's actually working full time. And Ian told me he is the guy that is responsible for the production of Wrestling with the Basics. So you know, that is a pretty big job to make us sound good. You know, Ian is probably working overtime. So a big thanks to Ian. Uh, we appreciate you, buddy. So, so yes, that's because, you know, Ian is the one that makes sure that all the sound is good. He puts in the music. We used to have to do all that stuff by ourselves. Remember that when we did all that by ourselves? Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and, that's and right. So I, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, as our, our production engineer, wherever there's mistakes, you know, wherever there's something just, just that's dumb, Ian takes care of it. And so as a result, I, I think the shows have been a lot better and considerably shorter. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. After taking out the dumb stuff, Ian's got about, four and a half minutes to work with so. That's right. so you just turn down the speed of the boy uh a- anyway but uh, seriously thank you ian for all the work that you put in the hardest working man at kfuo radio right there <laughs> if, if he's working with our show you're yep, right that's, that's what i'm thinking <laughs> So, Matt, I tell you what, could you help me? Because I'm, I'm preaching again for a while there. I, I, no one knew I was out here retired, but now they're asking <laughs> me to come. 
Uh, <laughs> the secret's out. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Jolly John, he's and, on the and, loose. Get him and, while you can. Yeah, and despite that, the people are asking me to come and preach. That's what really surprises me. Uh, but uh, so I got to preach this next week, and I'm not really ready. So would you help me with my with my sermon? Yeah, you got a preaching gig. I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yes, let's let's do it together, John. Let's uh, okay. Let's workshop this together on the air as you prepare for your sermon. And and the exciting thing is this will actually be broadcast on Saturday, so it'll be the day before they will actually hear it. Oh, maybe. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> they won't come to church. Oh, we already heard that. We heard that on Saturday. <laughs> well, well. anyway, let's get out of here before, before we don't get anything done. Uh, Acts 17, that's the text for this coming Sunday for the first lesson. It's a story about Paul preaching in Athens, of all places. And I know what, I know what my th- main theme is going to be. And Matt, if you wouldn't mind reading, uh, uh, let's see, it's Acts 17, and if you would read... Verse 30, verse 30, because okay. Paul tells us what the theme is, so that's already established. So you, so this is in, in Athens, not Athens, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're from New Athens. Yeah, I have a This is from, old Athens, I this guess. This is old Athens, yeah. Yeah, because well, we used to get all it, kinds of Greek people showing up here. We'd say, no, 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 we're not Athens, we're Athens. Yeah. New These Athens. guys, with, they show up with togas on, and you knew right away there, there was some <laughs> confusion. Right. Yeah. So, John, what, before I get started, where, yeah. where are you, do you mind sharing where you're preaching in case listeners uh, want to come and maybe hear live, hear, what, hear live what we put together here? What, yeah, the, the final work of our— Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah the results of our work. Uh, Olive Branch, which is a little church between New Minden and Oakville. All right, in southern if Illinois. You, if, you get, if you get on the road between Oakville and New Minden, you'll, you'll see us right off to the side of the road. Yeah. yeah. All right, good, good. Awesome, good. All right, so John, yeah, chapter 17, verse 30, correct? Yep. Okay, here's verse 30. In times of ignorance, God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. So obviously the sermon has to be about repentance, because that's what... uh, um, that's that's what God has commanded. Ian's going to have to edit that out, John. Yeah, <laughs> there you go again. Why don't I shut my phone off? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so here's the thing before we do any further. I, I found it interesting that the word that the English translates commands there is not really the normal word for command. Uh, in fact, it is based on the word angel, and, and do, you, mm. do you know what angel actually means? You know what angel yeah, actually means. Messenger, message, right? Yeah. So, so, so the word's angelus in the Greek, and it yeah. can, uh, depending on the form, it is, it's a messenger or it is a message. Uh, uh, and, and in this particular case, it's kind of a proclamation that God makes. Uh, and, and it is a proclamation, I suppose, of what needs to be done. But, but in a little bit, I'll share why. I don't think that's quite the same as a commandment. A commandment is, has, has one sense, but this this angelus, this para-angelus, if you want to know what it says, I think it has a little different sense, but it is something that needs to be done, and what is it that needs to be done? What What is God uh, proclaimed that needs to be done? Yeah, the, people everywhere uh, need to repent. Okay, so repentance is what we're looking at. That's, that's what needs to be done. All right, now that we've got the, the theme... Uh, so that much I've got so, so already, Matt. Let's go back and start at the beginning of the story, which is in verse 16. All right, here we go. Uh, verse 16. Now, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw the city was full of idols. Okay. So he reasoned, 
Oh, go ahead. I, I, I would just take. We'll just stop there. Okay. Uh, I, uh, so, so here's the other thing. I know already provoked. I love that word. It means he's irritated. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> ticked off. Yeah, yeah, ticked off. Thank you, man. Yeah. That's like, oh man, I let would, me write that down. I gotta yeah, get that for my yeah, notes. Work that in this sermon, John. Okay. No. And I would be too. Off. The city's full of idols. <laughs> yeah, that would be hot under the collar too. But doesn't that? Isn't I? I just love that. Because we kind of think, well, well, you're Christians. You're supposed to be smiling and happy. But apparently, we can be ticked off. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. and it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, of Jesus, you know, in the temple. He, he's pretty ticked off, too, um, because people are abusing the temple. People are not <laughs> using it for the true worship. And here, you know, in a similar way, they're, they're, they're worshiping these false idols. Now, not in not Jerusalem, but in Athens. And, and again, I think in, in both cases— when people aren't worshiping the true God, boy, that, that, that's something that should make us upset. All right, so, so, so number one, then, it, it is okay for us to be ticked off. Thank you, I, I wrote that word down. Uh, I, I, especially when people are not, not worshiping the God that they should be worshiping. Um, let me tell you some interesting things about this word uh, idol, because uh, I, I did not know any of this. I was like, when I learned something new, um, the word idol actually is, is the Greek word that means copy of copy of a copy uh and isn't that the perfect description for what an idol is yeah because it's a human attempt to try to uh uh create the image whether it's by a sculpture or by painting or whatever methodology you use you're trying to create the image of of a god but of course a copy a copy is <laughs> no that is, it's never as good as the original right um, exactly. Have you ever tried to get on an airplane, you know, to go take a trip and show them the copy of your driver's license? <laughs> <laughs> it ain't going to go well, right, John? No, oh. no. And, and pretty soon you're going to have to have a real ID. See, mm-hmm. and, and you won't, mm-hmm. they won't take a copy of that either. Uh, although I, I, the analogy that struck me is it's like, you know, now with our modern high-tech, computer printers, you could probably make a copy of the Mona Lisa that, that for all practical purposes looks just as good and as beautiful as the original Mona Lisa. And we could all have Mona Lisas hanging up in our living rooms. But what's the problem with that, Matt? <laughs> well, we know deep down, right, it's not the real thing. Yeah, that's right. It, no, that hangs in the Louvre over there in France. I don't care how good it looks. It's just... So, so what a beautiful word for idol, isn't it? That that they're they're not. You can have all kinds of them, and in fact, that that's what the text says they did. Uh, we we were reading a historical book that said in, in a Greek home every room would have its own idol. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. so there was an abundance of them, uh, uh, but of course they are they are just just copies. Yeah. Um, but now here's the thing that really struck me: the Greeks themselves would never have used that word for their objects of worship. This is kind of a term of disdain Mm -hmm. that the uh, Jews and then the Christians also uh, coined to refer to these objects of worship. But but the Greeks would never have called them uh, idol. Actually, the Greek word is that. It's idol. We've just made it into English. Um, But then I thought, yeah, yeah. So if it's your idol, it it's not an idol to you, is it, Matt? No, yeah, of course no. not. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if this so you is something really, I'm worshiping, you you wouldn't know it was an idol because you think it is. It's your, God. It's yeah. the real thing. 
All right, so now here comes the problem, because again, I, I'm not preaching to the, 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 the people at, at Athens who have all of these statues all over the place, even one, even one to an unknown god. <laughs> yeah, I know, covering all their bases. <laughs> That's right. Well, that must have made Paul's eyes roll. Really? You're just making idols to make idols now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, here's where I need your help with, though. And I mean this seriously. So do we have idols? Now, of course, we wouldn't recognize them as idols. I understand that. The Greeks didn't see them as idols. Either. But do you think that we are, do, are we doing any idolatry today, Matt? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I would say so. You know, and I, I like that idea of, of copy or facsimile or, uh, you know, uh, something that's, you know, not, it's kind of a, a replacement for yeah. the, the true God. I think that's what that term kind of, you know, implies and i think for us in our lives yeah we don't have a little statue maybe in our home today that's set up uh but there's certainly other things anything that we love more trust in more fear more like the, the first commandment says more than god that's become our idol that's what we we've put in in place of god uh you know and and when we look at those though i think you know kind of the the new perspective this text gives us is those are just poor copies poor stand-in substitutes for the one true god so so here's my problem though matt okay uh, because i you know and i'm sure you and i both and you've often heard many preachers talk about oh yes in our society today we we worship celebrities we worship musicians we worship ath athletes like patrick mahomes by the way the uh, uh quarterback of the kansas city chiefs my home team that yes. won the super bowl again this year for the th second time in three years okay <laughs> Yeah, we we even have in, a John. we we have a program called American Idol, okay? Yep. But but I I I don't think that's going to fly with my people there in Olive Branch. I don't think they're worshiping any of these. There, there may be people that their lives are all focused on these celebrities and these athletes, but I don't think they are. So so what am I going to tell them? What what are the idols that they might be having, Matt? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think. Uh... <laughs> The one that comes to my mind first and foremost is, is money, certainly, right? Wow. Just material things and whatever that might be. Uh, okay, wait a, a second. A, I got to write that down. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Ticked yeah. off. Yeah. Money. Money. Yeah. And just, you know, I think there's a lack of contentment with what the Lord has blessed us with. And all of a sudden, you know, to to fulfill us, right? We, we search after money, those material things. And that becomes what we trust in the most. And I think sometimes that's even, you know, sometimes we're even um, sort of, you know, encouraged to do that, or it's the responsible thing to do, right, John? So like, yeah. you're, pre you're preparing for retirement and to build up that next day to a certain amount, you know, you can go to financial advisors, you can go to, you know, even Thrivent, right? And they'll tell you, well, you need X amount of dollars to be, uh, to be able to retire and retire comfortably. And, and here's your goal. And so, yeah, that's commended. Well, let me squirrel away that money so that I'm, you know, no matter what happens, I will be secure in my retirement. Well, you know, maybe, maybe not, right? Um, and, you know, that's not to say we shouldn't save money, right? And, and you know, but uh, at the same time, boy, that can easily become an idol. You know, all of a sudden our, our trust, our confidence for our future, for our security is, is how much money we have in that bank account. Uh, and, and we're kind of, 
again, commended by that, you know, by, by, uh, by society. That's being responsible. Well, you know, maybe, but, but maybe not if it's, you know, trusting in that more than in the Lord. So, so there's actually a word for what you just described that came to my mind as, as you were saying that. It's called mammon. Yeah. Mammon. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jesus says you, you cannot serve, actually be a slave to. Uh, you cannot be a slave to mammon and to God because you'll end up loving one and hating the other. Uh, and, and so you're right. So it's not it's not a sin to to be saving for your retirement. We we did that and, and we're living comfortably. But but it is a sin when you begin to think that's what's going to get you through your retirement. And of course, one thing that Lynn and I have noticed is every morning we listen to Fox News and we listen to NPR. All right. Because mm-hmm. we want to get all perspectives. You got, you're covering your bases. Yeah. yeah. But did you notice both of them always give you the stock report? Oh, Isn't yeah, that interesting? Sure. Everybody yeah, wants inter- to know, yeah, is yeah. the stock's up or the stock's down? Yeah. Um, so I, I agree with you completely. And I do think that's probably one of our big idols, that we think the stuff we have here on earth, we've got to have that stuff in order to get through. Although I can give you the long list of rich people that are dead. <laughs> yep, yep. And pretty well proved you. Now, apparently not. Apparently that's not going to get you through. But now you've actually led me to another verse that I think is very relevant to the very things you're talking about here. If you wouldn't mind jumping down to verse 24, verse 24 and and 25, I think, maybe are the relevant verses. Sure. Here we go. Uh, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. So, so it occurred to me, what, what are the signs of this paganism is just, just what you said, that we're, we're, we're all focused on the earthly, the worldly, the mammon, our money. That's what's going to get us through. Uh, but, but it occurred to me, here's the second thing that pagans did, is they felt like they had to. They had to, they had to build a temple, right? They had to build a temple for mm-hmm. their God, and they had to serve him with their human hands. Uh, and, of course, actually you do. <laughs> If you have an idol, you you pretty well do have to do those things because they can't do anything for themselves. Uh, It it tickles me. The Greek people would actually bring food to their idols so they have something to eat. Uh, And, of course, if your idol needed to be moved from, from the living room, say, to the kitchen... Well, you'd have to pick it up and move it because it it wasn't going to move itself. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I was wondering, and and you tell me whether you think this is true. Do you think sometimes we as Christians have that same thought, that there's some things we really have to do for God? Do you think that we think that way sometimes? Yeah, you bet. Um, yeah, yeah, most definitely. You know, that we need to do maybe to, to win God's favor, that we need to do so that God loves us. I think that's the biggest temptation, Ooh, right? Yeah, you know, because, yeah. you know, and I, I ran into that with people, and, and maybe even I think that way myself sometimes, that, you know, for, for God to really love me, for God to, to really forgive me even, boy, I just, I need to be a better person. You know, I need to be worthy of God's love for me somehow, you know, as if, I can earn that favor, earn that love from God, earn, earn, you know, uh, you know, his desire to forgive me. And, and no, that's, that's not it. I mean, that's, that's what set God's God apart from these false gods that no, he just, he simply loves us. He's the one who created us and has redeemed us and, and loves us. I don't have to do anything to, 
to earn that favor from God or earn his love for me, uh, which which is pretty incredible and pretty, you know, countercultural, too, when you think about it. And, and, and yeah, see, I agree with you completely, Matt. And I think that is another thing then that we need to repent from. And I hadn't thought about it until what you just said, but that really is idolatry. We've actually yeah. taken the real God and we've made him into an idol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that is the concept, isn't it? That you got to do something for God if you want him to do something for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and then we've kind of set ourselves up as God because really when it comes down to it, you're oh. sort of, man, you're trying to manipulate God, aren't you? You know, and if I do good, you know, God's going to do good to me or if I'm a good person then God will love me and forgive me and now all of a sudden we're manipulating we're trying to manipulate God himself and yet the truth is Paul says he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and yeah. everything yeah. he himself gives yeah so the reality is we, we got all this stuff and, and we are doing well I had some medical issues but they're they're going all right too but And it all comes from God. And he just did it, like you said, because he loves me, not because I've done anything for him. He doesn't. But now, now, so here comes the really tough question. So why am I bothering to go to church if God's going to go ahead and do things for me anyway? Because <laughs> that's what these people are going to say. They're going to say, oh, well, thank you. We won't come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, you won't be there next week anyway, John. Oh, that's true, so I really don't care. Thank you, Matt. Well, that's enough of this. This has been... No, no. No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would, you know, emphasize that, yeah, so, you know, coming to worship isn't, you know, uh, us doing something for God primarily, right? You know, it's not us, yeah. you know, coming there to feed God or coming there to, uh, uh, you know, appease God or coming there to, you know, whatever, sustain God. No, he doesn't need that. He doesn't need us. But to come, and and that's the beautiful thing. He comes and just gives us these gifts and worship, right? You know, through his word, through his sacrament. And and we just receive it. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of God he is, that he, he serves us and gives those gifts to us. Um, and I think we see that first and foremost on the, on the cross, you know, that Jesus, his death doesn't benefit him at all, right? Uh, his sacrifice is all for us, and it, it continues to be that way even when we come to worship. And, and so we go to church then not so we can do something for God, but he can do something for us. And, and I think we also come to church because, you know, you, you, you said that we don't come to bring food to God. But frankly, uh, if anyone is listening, you can bring me food. <laughs> you know, if you want to bring me a dozen donuts or something, that that be. And and I, I say that, but 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 no, I mean that. That's why we come because we wanna we wanna love. We wanna care for the pastor. We wanna love. We wanna care for the people that are around us in church. How how good it is to see familiar faces. And you do. You go to these little churches, and oh, there, there's the faces we see every Sunday. And that's that's a big encouragement to others. Uh, well, we're almost out of time, and there is just one last point. Thank you, thank you, Matt, for helping me with this sermon. Uh, it is interesting that at the end of the sermon, uh, in fact, why don't you read read the end of the sermon? Oh, uh, where is it at? Uh, yeah, verse verse thirty one. Verse thirty one is his conclusion to the sermon. Okay, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. And of course, you know, you and I are gospel preachers, and that's kind of an uncomfortable ending for a sermon. He's coming to judge. 
Yeah. Uh, but but of course, I understand why that Paul ends that way, because there is no repentance at this point from the people in Athens. In fact, if you read the whole text, they, they just make fun of him. Oh, resurrection from the dead. That's the stupidest thing we've ever heard. Uh, but I guess that is the thing that I'll say to the people at Olive Branch. We have a lot in common, as you and I have discussed, with these pagans in Athens. But but the one big difference is that we, we have repented. We, we do know we, we do all these sinful things that we talked about. We do have our idols. We do treat God. God like he's an idol. We make ourselves into God, all the things we mentioned. And and as you've said over and over again in this show, God just loves us. He just dies on the cross. So all of those sins could be forgiven. And uh, so actually, what seems like a terrible, oh, he's going to come to judge? Actually, for us, that's the greatest thing in the world, isn't it, Matt? That Jesus yeah. is the one who's going to judge. Because he's the one that's already been here, took upon our flesh. He's the one that already came and suffered and died for our sins. So I'm really glad that Jesus was the one appointed by God to come to judge because I know at the end he's going to say, come on, come on, receive the kingdom that has been prepared for you before the foundation of the world. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for helping me work on this sermon. This has been Wrestling with the Basics.